Hello and welcome to Medical Motherhood for May 8th, 2022. I'm Shasta Kearns-Moore. A very happy Mother's Day to all the mamas out there. It is Medical Motherhood's first anniversary. Wow. Welcome to a burst of new subscribers this week. Because of the anniversary, this episode will be a little bit different than our usual offerings. I hope you stick around for many more episodes to come. Thank you for being here. Speak your truth. This newsletter started with just that thought. I had been molded and reshaped by more than a decade of interactions with medical professionals, government agencies, schools, nonprofits, disability justice advocates, and the general public. I had had to learn acronyms and pharmaceutical names and organizational charts. I had been made to feel unworthy, incapable, crazy, and stupid. But every time I spoke my truth, and every time I listened to others in similar situations speak theirs, I heard the same pattern. I realized that this was not my failure alone. The same systemic dehumanization was happening again and again to parents of children across the disability spectrum. I found studies that showed the impacts. I found data that confirmed the anecdotes I'd heard. I found news stories from across the world. I also found a community, and I held a mirror up to them. You are not alone, I said. Every week, in different ways, on different subjects. Do you feel this way? You are not crazy. You are enough. And you are not alone. The community spoke back. Each time I tell my story, it gets easier, one mother told me. You write all the thoughts in my head, said another, just in a way that makes sense to other people. I recently found this speech from filmmaker Charlie Kaufman, and I had to transcribe it. I hope it encourages you like it encouraged me. He said, Say who you are. Really say it in your life and in your work. Tell someone out there who is lost, someone not yet born, someone who might not be born for 500 years. Your writing will be a record of your time. It can't help but be. But more importantly, if you're honest about who you are, you'll help that person be less lonely in their world because that person will recognize him or herself in you and that will give them hope. And it's done so for me and I have to keep rediscovering it. It's profound importance in my life. Do you. It isn't easy, but it's essential. It's not easy because there's a lot in the way. In many cases, a major obstacle is your deeply seated belief that you is not interesting. And since convincing yourself that you are interesting is probably not going to happen, take it off the table. Agree. Perhaps I'm not interesting, but I am the only thing that I have to offer, and I want to offer something. And by offering myself in a true way, I am doing a great service to the world, because it is rare, and it will help. So to every one of the people over the past year who were willing to tell their stories through these pages and through this podcast, thank you. 
by telling your story, speaking your truth, talking openly and honestly about the struggles, you are making the world better for our children and for the next generation of moms and dads and babies. It has been incredible to watch this year how this little drop on the internet has rippled out into the world. To be honest, I'm kind of amazed that I have been able to put out a newsletter each and every week, and I wouldn't have been able to without the amazing support of so many people. Thank you to my husband, Matt, my love, my anchor, and my sounding board. Thank you to grandparents and Aunt Chelsea for watching the boys. Thank you to my fabulous caregivers, Erica, Sarah, Phoebe, and Jessica. Thank you to my twin boys for giving up their moms for a few hours a week and mostly staying quiet while I record my podcast. The support I've gotten from my sons in particular has been so rewarding. I've seen how it has inspired them and freed them up to speak their own truths. Thanks to Lee and Lenore and Thaddeus and Lisa and Beowulf and Vicky for their back-end support of the technical aspects of Medical Motherhood and its podcasts. Thank you to the editors at publications that saw the value in these stories and this work and agreed to partner with Medical Motherhood to elevate them. The Portland Tribune, PDX Parent, The Lund Report, Willamette Week, and The Oregonian. Thank you to every single person who read or listened or shared. These stories unite us and give us strength. Finally, thank you. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, subscribers. Free subscribers, too. We love you. And so we enter a second year. Uh, please do consider a paid subscription. You can do that at medicalmotherhood.com slash subscribe. Only paid subscribers will be able to get a sneak peek of what's coming in year two and read the quarterly report for how much this publication has grown. Thank you. It's time again for Medical Motherhood's News Roundup, snippets of news and opinion from outlets around the world. From KGW News Channel 8, parents with disabled children risk losing caregiver funding with nowhere else to turn. Full disclosure, the subjects of this story are friends of mine. Due to his disability, TENS qualifies for more than 500 hours a month of in-home intensive services through Medicaid. A pandemic rule change allowed his parents to provide those services. The temporary waiver was put in place to reduce exposure to COVID-19. This is mildly over minimum wage, said parent Callie Ross. It's not large, but it's enough to help families. Come mid-July, that COVID-era exception ends in Oregon. From U.S. Senators Rob Portman and Sherrod Brown, a press release. Portman-Brown introduced bipartisan legislation to reform Supplemental Security Income Program to stop punishing Americans for saving for emergencies. Today, May 3rd, U.S. Senators Rob Portman, a Republican of Ohio, and Sherrod Brown, a Democrat of Ohio, announced the introduction of the Savings Penalty Elimination Act to update the asset limits for Supplemental Security Income, or SSI, beneficiaries. This would enable beneficiaries to have more savings in case of an emergency without affecting their benefits. The Senator's bill, 
the first significant bipartisan legislation in decades, would bring the SSI program into the 21st century and ensure disabled and elderly Ohioans are able to live with dignity. The current SSI program hasn't been updated since the 1980s and punishes these Americans for working, saving for the future, and getting married. Right now, individuals getting SSI are limited to $2,000 in assets. For married couples, it's $3,000. The average current monthly benefit is $585 for individuals. For approximately 60% of recipients, SSI is their only source of income. From the Irish Times, Families accuse HSE of willfully neglecting children with disabilities. Children with disabilities are being willfully neglected by the National Health Service in Ireland as their families struggle to cope without vital equipment such as wheelchairs and bathing seats, causing stress, financial strain, and burnout, according to the organizers of a National Day of Action to be held on Friday, May 6th. Rachel Martin of FUSS, Families Unite for Service and Support, said a number of protests nationwide were being planned to highlight the shambles that was the newly reconfigured Children's Disability Services, which parents had expected would mean a root-and-branch overhaul of services. But lobby groups point out that an Inclusion Ireland report published in March found more than 50% of families of children with a disability were not in receipt of any service, 85% said they had been waiting over a year for services, and almost 20% of the 1,013 families surveyed criticized the quality of services, citing high staff turnover and excessive caseloads as problems. The report found some families had waited as long as nine years for services, with 5% reporting a wait of over six years. 16% waiting four to six years, and 27% waiting two to four years. When asked about the type of services their children needed, 88% said occupational therapy, 86% said speech and language therapy, 62% said psychology, and 55% said physiotherapy. Ms. Martin said the failure to ratify the optional protocol of the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, which would allow people with disabilities to take a case to the UN over the violation of their rights, was very telling. She also cited the failure to fully enact the EPSN, Education for Persons with Special Educational Needs Act, in 2004, 18 years on, as calling into question the state's commitment to giving a large cohort of people the opportunities to which they are entitled. All right, everyone, happy Mother's Day. Mother's rock. Medical Motherhood is a weekly newsletter and podcast examining the policies and practices in raising disabled children. Get it delivered to your inbox each Sunday morning or give a gift subscription. Subscriptions are free with optional tiers of support. Thank you to our paid subscribers. Follow Medical Motherhood on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Instagram, or visit the Medical Motherhood merchandise store to get a t-shirt or mug proclaiming your status as a medical mama or medical papa. Do you have a question about raising disabled kids that nobody seems to be able to answer? Ask me and it may become a future issue. 
Thank you for listening. Our music was composed by Ehimitsu and used under a Creative Commons license. <laughs>